Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Poly Podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. This week's episode is with the brilliant Sugar Spine. I sat down with Josh of Sugar Spine for a chat this week, and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, you know what, I, I say this in the episode, I absolutely love Australians. They give off such a wonderful, positive vibe. And we really get quite deep in this about uh, sort of different things to do with creativity, uh, and how basically this one man has created this entire project because he plays guitar on here, he plays drums, the, the whole thing is done by Josh himself and it's pretty fucking fantastic to be honest with you. Um, as always, thank you so much for the love and support that recent episodes have got. The Zebrahead episode went down fantastically, the Fencer episode went down really well and thank you for everyone, just the general love and support. The podcast is also uh, brought to you by patreon.com forward slash nevermindpolypodcast. If you want to put some money in the pot, you can do. Uh, but if you uh, don't, the best thing you can do is tell a friend, uh, share a post on the, on Instagram and things. It's all free to do and it all helps more than you know. Thank you so much to Josh for coming on. Uh, enjoy the podcast. See you in a bit. Bye. Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Poly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. And this week, I have got a brilliant artist on the show. We have got Josh from the band Sugar Spine, who is Australian via the way of uh, Holland today. How are we, sir? <laughs> I'm not doing too bad. Uh, it's it's not as cold as, as it has been the past couple of weeks, and I'm cold-blooded, so I've been suffering horribly. But uh, no, the, it's actually okay today. So I'm pretty happy. How are you? I'm good. It's a Sunday morning. I've got a glass of water because I'm going. So it's quite ironically <laughs> amusing. Ironically amusing. I'm going to go with that. The the you guys are called Sugar Spine, and I'm going to see uh, a metal band tonight, and that's what I'll have by the end of it. A Sugar Spine. A Sugar I will Spine. Be, I will absolutely be fucked <laughs> because I'm yeah. Too- I'm two months off being 30 and I hear a disgusting riff and that's it. I'm in the mosh pit. And then <laughs> literally the moment I get in there, I'm like, what am I doing? I, yeah, this is not good. I'm going to end up dying. <laughs> who, who are you going to go see tonight? Uh, a band called Party Cannon who make. No disgusting- way. Yes. Yeah. 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 Disgusting, so cool. um, disgusting slam metal from Scotland. But um <laughs> It's going to be good fun. It's going to be good fun. I love, I love when they are on a uh, on a bill, and mm-hmm. you see on their like on the on the festival poster, it's like all these crazy illegible, um, you know, fonts, and it's just got party cannon in all these different yeah. beautiful colors. It's it's beautiful. I love it. So there, there's a um there's a festival in the UK called Damnation. They do put on predominantly like the extreme end of metal and things, mm-hmm. and um. Again, all of their poster was black and white, black and white, except for Party Cannon. It was yeah. massive, great big font. <laughs> just, just really amusing. And I, and I love that. Um, it's kind that of one of those so things. Cool. The, the band politics, you know, you, you hear about it with like ACDC wanting their logo a little bit bigger and blah, blah, blah. Party yeah. Cannon just want it in colour. That's all they want. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's so cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to chat as we as we say. So you reached out via the Instagram and and says, Do you, can I come on and things? And yeah. I, I gave um, your, your music a spin, and it's fucking great. It gets the big seal of approval from us, so that's super Thank awesome. You. But um, 
as far as I understand, you are a one-man operation. Is that correct? <laughs> Currently, yeah. So yeah. it's a solo project. For sure. So uh, it's fun. <laughs> how, how did how did everything all come about? Talk talk us through it. So it's only been around for. I guess, well, since November or actually, no, sorry, uh, September, 2020, uh, mm -hmm. I came back to Australia after being in the Netherlands, uh, essentially my visa got, got rejected. So I had to come back and that's kind of like the worst time to have a rejected visa because, um, everything was just, well, I mean, that was pretty much when COVID was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone was feeling quite apocalyptic about it. So, um, I, had to come back to Australia. And when you arrive in Australia uh, during COVID, they had military enforced quarantine. So you were basically taken off a plane and thrown into a hotel room for 14 days. Um, not allowed to leave the room. And uh, my, my room had, uh, what's the word? Non-openable windows. Brilliant. Love that. So for some people that's hell, right? Like when I was checking into this hotel, check, checking in per se, um, the woman next to me asked the, like concierge, the, the person at reception or the police officers. Cause there were like 15, 20 police officers at every hotel. Apparently she said, Oh, but I need, I need my windows to open. They said, sorry, we can't, you know, there's multiple reasons. I, I guess, obviously just, um, I think the anti-suicide one was one of them because people have just been known to open and jump out. And they, they were like, we, we can't let that happen. Of course. And they said that, yeah. and then she just had a full, like full blown panic attack on the floor yeah, in front of me. Sure. And I just thought, fuck you are, like that, that is so unfortunate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people just don't deal with that. Luckily for me, I actually had the best two weeks of my life. <laughs> um, I love just being <laughs> alone. It sounds really sad, but no, um, I, when, I, I, I yeah, get it. really like when I had two weeks in there at the first, I think the first couple of days I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty bad. But then my friend, uh, Connor, dropped my guitar off to me because he, he knew I was coming back and he grabbed, I think I actually lent that guitar to him when I, like when I left, I said, just have some fun. He brings it over or at least he drops it off at reception. They bring it up. And then um, for the two weeks, I was basically playing guitar. I was writing reviews because I also write reviews for a website. Mm -hmm. And then I was also playing Subnautica and Doom Eternal and uh, yeah. And then working as well. Um, yeah. And then in that time, I was just making all this music and, I remember, I think during those two weeks, I was really on social media a lot and I was just so fed up of, fed up with rather um, people just talking shit about each other online, being super hateful. And obviously that's existed since the internet, but I guess I was just so over it at that one point in time. So I just wrote a song about it called Go Outside, which is like the, the first single that released in November. So maybe yeah, a couple of months after I uh, got out of the hotel and I just put it out there just to see what would happen. And uh, people kind of went, oh, this is, this is cool. Um, mm. it's, uh, it's like a mixture between stick to your guns and Slipknot, you know, a little bit all over the place. And it was just like recorded in that, in that hotel room too. So it was pretty dodgy recording. But even um, Hardcore Keem got a hold of it and he reacted to it and he was like, well, this is something else. I was like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. And then I just said, well, let's just do more. Why not? Mm. And then I think for a few months after that, I was just knuckling down, making music, um, which became the Mirror Talk EP. And uh, yeah, and people really were stoked on it. Um, it got pretty much, from from what I could see, like unanimously positive reviews. And I was like, okay, this is, something's happening here. And what started out as a, 
as a yeah like a little solo project i'm angry make make noises kind of thing it just turned into something else and now it's now it's something that you know i spend every every day just thinking about writing music for writing lyrics for learning more production for and stuff because the mirror talk ep was self-produced as well um it was uh, yeah i mixed it myself and you can definitely hear that like it's it's uh bedroom level but at the same time uh i actually got um nick sorry ryan sorry ryan from uh, 105 millimeter studios who's also the drummer of sunfall a fantastic drummer fantastic uh producer master uh to master the ep so he just gave it that extra bit of oomph that it needed so massive shout out to him but yeah put that out there and that's kind of just what's been going on absolutely there, there is so much to pack on there there, there is so much to unpack <laughs> and uh, i love already you're exactly like me where you just talk 100 miles an hour it's, it's fantastic oh, i'm so sorry like, yeah I, no, no, I have it's fine a, have a bit of pace <laughs> it's all good it's all good um so there is a couple of things that i want to take away from that to begin with yes when there is like any kind of unrest whether political social there is always good music that comes before or directly after just that yeah. is fact, you know, like, um, and that's the hmm. thing. There is a lot of creativity um, or creative people, should I say, when you're told you are not allowed to leave your house, your hotel, or if you're in quarantine, you are physically not allowed to go and do the thing you love, but you're a guitarist or you're a musician. You have those instruments and things to literally do it. So 100%. it's kind of, a, kind of a case of, it's, I guess, it, looking back at it retrospectively, it was quite nice to kind of just stop and take stock of everything you've got, if that makes sense. Because prior to doing this podcast, I did YouTube and things like that, went to festivals and things like that. And essentially it was the precursor to what this is now. And it was a case of when I started the podcast, it was a case of I couldn't go out and see my friends. So we were like, oh, we'll just do like Twitch. I've done that for a bit. And then I sacked that off because I'm no good at gaming. And then I was like, well, (laughs) we could do like a podcast. We could just chat over Zoom and get drunk. That was kind of the premise of it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it's cool that you can kind of take this avenue. So something really good has come out of a, a dark place being locked yeah. down and that whole, that whole situation. So that's really, really cool. I want to take it back a little bit further than that. When was the, what was your growing up like? Cause you grew up, you, did you grow up in Australia? Have I got that right? Yep. Yeah, pretty much. I was living there until I was 21. And then I just started going back and forth to the Netherlands with my girlfriend. And uh, yeah, just been, yeah, to spend my whole life in, in Sydney, basically. Because there is, and it's such the cliche, but there is something in the water in Australia. You've got yeah. such a fantastic <laughs> music scene, whether you're talking, you know, the heights of bands of like Parkway Driver at the top of their game, all the way down to, to bands like yourselves and the underground and things. There is just something over there. There is a hub of creativity. And American, American, Australian bands are just great. They're just so much fun. I lo- fucking love talking to Australians because you get like, and this is no shade on any Americans, but I get an American uh, death metal band on, for example, and they're yeah. like, grumpy <laughs> AF. Like, <laughs> so Australians just exuberate like this kind of positive energy, which is, fucking sick so um so funny i I wanted to kind of ask you what was kind of like your musical growing up were your parents into music was it older siblings how did you get into into the heavier end of of music and things 
Um, well, actually, first of all, is my is my mic all right? Is there like enough level? Is it? Yeah, it you're fine. Good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, just uh, just watching the input monitoring, and I thought at one point it wasn't actually doing its job, but no, we're good. Um, so I think looking back, I mean, if we go back to the very beginning, I started playing trumpet when I was seven, mm-hmm. and I pretty much played that and <clears throat> trained trained in trumpet and uh, music writing and jazz and all that for about 15 years. So I do have a pretty solid musical background before I even got into guitar Mm. or, or singing uh, or drums. And uh, I guess, yeah, what that allowed me to do was just to really understand how music is at its, I guess, at its subatomic parts. So, you know, to understand articulation and all the, I guess, all the small things that come with it. Um, Just even reading sheet music is something that I really, um, I used to take for granted, but now I really appreciate how much it's helped me. Yeah. So yeah, played music, uh, played trumpet for a long time, took up guitar when I was about 13 or 12 or something around that. So just acoustic immediately was like, this is fun, but I want to play sick by Slipknot. Mm-hmm. And then I picked up my first electric when I was like, I think, yeah, 14 or something like that, which was an axle wave point, this black, black metal looking guitar um emg pickup so i was thrown into my own deep end i was like this is perfect and uh that was around the time that i was still listening to stuff just like yeah well that's kind of when i first discovered slipknot but then before that i was into softer stuff considerably um i think like the first cd that i bought was a guy called guy sebastian it's like a r&b singer who was an australian idol like yeah yeah, <laughs> sure. not definitely like a guilty pleasure, I suppose. But uh, I am just trying to think of who I was listening to at the start. Oh, actually, you know what? It was SmackDown versus Raw, that video game, um, mm-hmm. who had, they had all those really cool songs on. Uh, it was like yeah, Power yeah. Man 5000, Static X, etc. And they had Start of War by Static X. Mm-hmm. And Static X is a band that I love. Uh, I don't listen to them much anymore, but yeah, a start of war, that album by static X is incredible. I thought it was mm-hmm. so amazing. Um, the guitars are super simple. Like I think it's called dirt house. It's literally just zeros the whole time. It's just gang, 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 gang. And then you got Wayne to sing at the top of it and then it works, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like Lincoln park and static X and that kind of stuff. Of course, everyone has Lincoln park as their origin story. But yeah, once I saw Slipknot on TV, I was just watching Channel V, which is like the old, you know, old music channel that kind of died, unfortunately. They had Big Day Out 2004, 2003 playing. And then that's when Corey was, or so when the band rather was in their volume three phase and they were playing Pulse of the Maggots live. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then I started buying everything regarding metal. I was, I was just, I dove, I dove into it fully, so... I remember downloading Mixcraft and immediately trying to make my own metal riffs, which were horrible. Um, I was, I think the first metal CD that I bought was Carnifex, The Diseased and The Poisoned. And then after that, it was Genesis by Job for a Cowboy. And then it was The Cleansing by Suicide Silence. And that for me was like the epitome of metal. As soon as I heard The Cleansing, I was like, there's never going to be a better album than this. Um, So yeah, basically that's where it started. Just like uh, see Slipknot on TV, metal, period. For sure, you definitely, you definitely fell down the well pretty hard then. In that case, man, I I went down quick. My mum was like, "What happened?" I was like, "Shut yeah. up, mum. I'm in a phase, and it's not a phase anymore. It's just it. This is it." <laughs> I love that. So, um, yeah. I was gonna say, you, you spoke about um, being into an R and B artist. My first CD or my first um, single I bought uh, was uh, "Like to a Soldiers" by Eminem. 
and I still have a massive love for hip hop. So, and there's, well, yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there now. There is no such thing as guilty pleasure. Good music is good music. Yeah. It's simple as that. Like, I don't yeah. buy into the uh, guilty pleasure market because I'll listen to to Carla Fix in the car and then Taylor Swift and not batter an eyelid. It's all good. <laughs> I completely agree. Actually, um, I I think that I think that this generation has definitely killed the idea of a guilty pleasure, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but that's that's so true. I mean, Taylor Swift's latest album was pretty good. I think Shimmer is the one that I like the most. I think it's called Shimmer. Yeah, either way. It's, there's a cool song on that, but I love the 1975 as well. I'm a huge fan of them. Yeah, and uh, I, But yeah, like I completely agree. I don't really listen to Guy Sebastian anymore. I think he's a bit of a douchebag, but um, <laughs> just, yeah. but I mean, yeah, stuff like that I'm 100% into. Like City and Color, Matt Corby, um, even stuff like Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong because of my jazz background, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in love with them so yeah i think um yeah it definitely it makes sense to just dive into your guilty pleasures and enjoy the shit out of them because it also makes like if you're a writer if you make music or if you write lyrics or whatever it completely expands your horizons of what you know what can be done i know there's a bunch of breakdowns that i've created or even just some melodies that i've created that are nowhere near influenced by metal they're influenced by something random like uh Mm -hmm. like this really small independent artist called Emork, I think his name is, E-M-A-W-K. And there's a song called, oh, shit. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. If if everybody puts Siri to their microphone, they'll be able to pick it up and figure out out what it is. It's so good. It's like, I just, I heard it. Ah, later by Emork. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. And I just heard that and I was like, this is cool. And then just subconsciously, obviously, you get influenced by stuff like that. But um, yeah, 100% guilty pleasures, no such thing. Enjoy everything. Absolutely. Life is too short to not to enjoy everything. That's what I reckon. Absolutely. Life's too short for shit coffee as well, I've decided. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so obviously, you've got, <laughs> you are a, a one man individual with this project. How do you yes. keep the creativity flowing how do you keep that burning passion because again similar similarly with the podcast that i do here i have my other half who i run a lot of stuff by and go does this artwork look okay is this okay should i do this and she's kind of like yeah do what you want baby it looks great and i was like that's about as much encouragement as i need so how do you keep yourself (laughs) kind of creatively uh involved and kind of motivated and eventually stopping yourself from getting burnt out because again it all comes hand in hand if you push yourself too far, burn the candle at one end, you're going to end up burning at the other as well. And that's a problem. Yeah, I, I am, you know, you're, you're a hundred percent right. I am at a point in my life right now where I am spinning so many plates that I'm on the verge of dropping all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's that feeling of, what do you want to call it? Uh, potential cataclysm in the foreseeable future that kind of keeps me going. <laughs> It's almost like a fight or flight. So I'm currently in, in fights. In, yeah, I guess fight stance right now. Um, so logistically, I just have to plan things. I, I just have to say, this is exactly what I'm doing. Like, for instance, I'm uh, currently producing my debut LP at the moment. Uh, and that will be mixed and mastered by my friend Sebastian Senden, um, who is a formidable engineer. He's recently worked 
well, he, he worked underneath Adam Nolly, Get Good, for a while. Yeah, yeah. And he helped produce the Bleed From Within. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he helped mix the Bleed From Within album Shrine. He also helped mix the latest Periphery record, I believe. Yeah. So he's he's a fantastic person to have in my corner. Um, he's also someone that gives me motivation to keep going creatively because I'll send him things and he'll be like, this sounds great. We're going to, we're going to explode this. It's going to sound insane. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like start getting really excited. So yeah, in terms of logistics, I just have to sit down and plan my shit out. Otherwise I'll just drop it. Um, but then creatively, I think one of the cool things about being a solo artist is that you have zero limitations apart from the ones that you set on you set yourself. Um, I'm in another band, which is based in the Netherlands called Unburden and it's a group of five of us and we're all really close. And then when it comes to music, obviously we collaborate and sometimes just like any band opinions clash or someone says, I don't want that. Everyone says, oh, but we wanted that. It's like, oh shit. And sometimes there are limitations to that. Um, but it does, it does also mean that you do make a really cohesive track at the end of the day, which is cool. Yeah. But for, for myself, it's more just like, this is what I want to write. This is how I feel right now. And I guess for me, I kind of have this belief that anything that I write, no matter what the genre slash style slash mood is, it's still going to sound like a sugar spine track. Um, that's obviously because of the way that I write rhythms, the way that I write melodies, the way that my voice sounds, the way that I play my guitar. And, you know, if you like the, the stuff on this LP, it goes from straight up deathcore, like full distant slam deathcore, all the way up to stuff like pianos become the teeth. And uh, even just there's one song in the middle, which is weird droney kind of high lung track, which you could argue has zero place in a sugar spine album, but like, that's, it's what I want to put out there. So I'm like, let's just do that. I don't, I don't care. Like I wrote the lyrics. I'm like, this has to be on the album somewhere. So creatively, it's more just like, how do I feel right now? Do I feel musically capable? It's like, yes. All right, go and record a guitar part. Or do you want to talk about something? Yes. Write it down. Um, do you have a drum thing in your mind? Yes. Get your phone and go dig it, dig it, dig it in the, in the voice recorder thing. Like, uh, I think, yeah, I'm just lucky in that I'm just constantly thinking about music stuff and uh, it might be to the detriment of my actual job and my, <laughs> my life and my friendships and stuff, but it's, um, it's just how I conceptualize so much stuff. So that's, uh, that's where the, the creative constants comes from. Absolutely. I was going to say, you said something at the end there, uh, to the detriment of your job, your friends and, and whatnot. It was a really yeah. interesting episode of a podcast I listened to a while back that has um, <clears throat> Benji from Skindred on. And mm -hmm. he was very much like, fuck my family, fuck my friends, fuck my job. Like, the music is my life. And it was like this really strange, bizarre thing for yeah. someone to be like, you know, actually, like my family comes second to this thing I really want to do. And it's like, fuck, that's like, but again, you put yourself in a creative position where, like you say, you're, you're a one man operation. It's kind of like, with you doing everything from like, let's like say a high lung style track to, hmm. to um, you know, straight up deathcore, you're pushing all the corners as far as you physically can. So mm. then when you come around to do something new, it's like, okay, which direction do I want to take now? And then it's yeah. like, you know, it, it can go in, in any direction. There's a lot of, I think the most interesting bands can do that, you know? So there's a few, there's a lot of bands in the world that do one thing really fucking well. Like yeah. um, Suicide Silence, we spoke about earlier, is a fantastic example of doing <clears throat> deathcore really fucking well. But yeah. then they put out that um, their self-titled record a few years ago, and it got such backlash from mm. the fans in the sense of, but they wanted to do something different. And you know, I still think artists should push themselves in a creative direction they feel like, because at the end of the day, 
as you are listening to the record, you are only a second second-hand person to that record because artists and musicians and creative people make it for themselves first. Yeah. And then you birth it to the world and go, this is, you can all have this, but this is my thing. This is what I want mm-hmm. to do. If you don't like it, fine. Someone else will, you know? Um, yeah. So that, that's that's super cool. Because like I say, and it makes me super excited to see what, what happens next. Because mm. like I say, when I, when I was listening to the to the records, um, the Mirror Talk EP, uh, LP, driving to, to work the other day, there was a lot of moments where I was like, yep, yeah, fucking let's go, head back. And then you say, and then it kind of takes a turn. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a different turn. And I take to click <laughs> my phone and make sure I still listen to the same record, you know, <laughs> which is fucking super cool. I love that. Yeah, no, it's it's really fun. I remember just writing that EP. It was just uh, in my bedroom and I was just thinking, okay, oh, this is a cool riff. I could use that. And then I'll just create a compilation of all these riffs and then, go, and then I'll think, okay, well, I want to build a song off this one. I want to build a song off this one. I remember thinking, oh, I want to, I want to make some dumb joke of a track. And that was the, the title track ended up mm-hmm. being, which is like starts with really kind of chill vocals, singing almost like a lullaby. And then it just comes out of nowhere with yeah. like the, the big two-step kind of thing. And I was just thinking, it's so funny, but yeah. Yeah, I really actually like it now. It's like, now that I think about it, I was really, really stoked on that. Um, and uh, it kind of actually, like that part specifically symbolizes the duality, I guess, that I was kind of going through when I was writing that EP and also just in general, just, you know, you can be, you can be putting on, you can be putting on a beautiful face in a way, but then, you know, behind, obviously you've got all that chaos and dissonance happening. So uh, yeah, that, I guess that comes down to, you know, just the creative, the creative stuff too, just being able to really dive into it and then uh, yeah, pick apart things and then reconstruct it in, a, in an artistic way. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited to, to have people hear this LP. It's uh, it's most certainly a step up in in every single way vocally it's a big step up because the ep was quite um like i don't want to say like mid screamy but like i've got i've got a sound and then every now and then there's a bit of up and down but then this new album there's just stuff all over the place so i'm really really excited to show it to people but that's the thing as well like the passage of time and the more you do something the more you master your craft that, mm-hmm. that, that is obvious whatever you do you know so yeah. the next thing will always you know in theory and hope be better than the last because you've done it for longer you're developing yep. your skills as a vocalist guitarist drummer and, and everything else so that brings me quite nicely onto throat full of ash which when i first heard it was like all right let's fucking go like <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally um so is that the first single that's going to come onto the new record is that just a standalone track amazing that was okay. just a that was just a, i really want to make a song i really want to get it out there boom there it is and uh yeah that that was just by itself i just wanted people to have more and also to understand that i'm not just working and making my music and then releasing it on, off my laptop i'm i am branching out and speaking with people and um yeah, I, I I was originally going to get a guest vocalist on it, but uh, she couldn't uh, make it happen. She was super busy. I was like, oh, that's that's a shame, but it's okay. Um, who knows? Maybe I can work with her in the future. So that's why I'm not saying her name just yet. I think it'd be super cool. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, when that song released, that was really, really cool because I did get a lot of, um, a, a few rather messages from people just being like, yep, this is 100% a step up from your EP. And I thought, well, that's that's good to hear yeah um again hardcore came was like best one yet i thought yeah that's cool and he's really cool because he's been he's been with me since the start like he's been supporting my stuff since the start which is super cool yeah i, I love hardcore Keem. he's he's a fucking legend yeah. i have to say and, yeah. and that's the thing it's you know there's a lot of like the reaction channels and stuff but he's a very genuine person 
Oh, yeah. get some people who will go like, oh, I've never listened to Slipknot before. And it's like, okay, that's why you, you're wearing like a, a Chelsea Grin fucking T-shirt. Yeah. Like, You've never listened to metal. Sure. All right. Get out you know of what I mean? And, yeah. it, and it's all like all for the views and stuff. But he's genuinely like, like I say, he's what we would call like a proper fan of music. Mm. At mm. least on, on how it seems. So it's really cool. Like he's pushing underground stuff as well. It's really cool. That's yeah, that's important too. He's really pushing the underground stuff, and um, you have other reaction channels who only push the bigger stuff, and it, and it makes it makes perfect sense, of course, because yeah. more people want to watch stuff that they know. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. kind of yeah, you can't make your whole channel based off underground artists, and it's I mean, or you can, but you just have to grind the shit out of it to make it you know to make it uh, well exposable enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, another person is Breakdown Central, who's been supporting me the whole time this guy from texas who's just he's so he's so damn funny he's so damn funny but he's a beautiful person inside and out and uh yeah he's always been really excited so that's the kind of motivation i get as well to to keep writing it's just like people like harcourt keem or yates at breakdown central like just them being like keep like don't stop keep going like you're you've you've tapped into something that you can do just don't stop and then also ricky uh, from Wall of Sound, uh, an Australian website. He has just been in my corner from the get-go and just bouncing ideas off him, even asking him like, hey, I've got this person who can potentially do a guest vocal for me. However, you know, uh, I know that politically they have certain, um, what would you call it? Uh, the, the... Alignments? Yeah, yeah, dispositions and mm-hmm. they have yeah certain choices that they made and certain stances they want to take. And he'll be like, well, look, they could be really cool. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if you're just burning exposure, maybe that's not the person that you want to have on your album or your song because maybe people will take that the wrong way and they'll associate you with that. And I thought mm-hmm. like this is this is stuff that I just need to hear as well from, from other people and not just have inside my brain. So having those kind of people in my in my corner, I just I can't take that for granted. It'll be such a shame to just kind of be like, oh maybe I'll make a song next year or something. It's like, no, you, you've got to capitalize on this support. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing as well, being, being a one-man operation, it's kind of like, if you project it on other people, at least mm-hmm. then it's not rattling around inside your head. Because that's yeah. the thing, you, you can <laughs> you can drill further, further into your own brain and go, yeah, this is brilliant, this is brilliant. And then you project that on someone else and they go, are you high? Are you on drugs yeah. right now? Like, what the Seriously. hell? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you have to kind of sometimes just speak out and go, is this a good idea? No, it's not a good idea. Rethink it. Okay. Or, it yeah. is good, you know, so. Absolutely. It's uh, especially when it comes to the music side, like actually the songs that I come up with, like this, you know, this weird track in the middle that I've, that I thought of, I haven't shown it to anyone yet just because I don't want people to be like, this is shit. <laughs> I really like it. But at the same time, I do want to kind of hear from someone. It's like, you know, is this, is this me being like, oh, this is a cool direction or is it actually just unnecessary? So I think I need to ask that question to some of my close friends or one of my you know, close friends soon. But I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Absolutely. So yeah. a, a question I like to ask a lot of my guests is obviously being a one man, my one man operation, is touring logistically difficult for you? Have you done any touring with this yet or is that in the future? I'd love to. Um, I haven't done any shows just yet. I know that there's a guy called Nihilist or Fred Nihilist, who's this uh, yeah crazy solo project dude, insane vocals. Um, he's done a couple of one-man shows, so I guess it's it's almost like a rapper, and that's kind of yeah. what how he explained it to me. He's like, yeah, rappers do it, so why can't metal vocalists do it? And I I see the value in that. However, I 
maybe I'm talking myself down, but I don't know if I have enough stage presence to be the only person on stage getting people excited. And for me, a live show is all about the energy, not just the performance. So I would love to have a band and tour with them, or I'd love to at least have a band and play shows on a weekend somewhere, at least just get it going. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been putting feelers out there to kind of, you know, to see, to see who's interested. Um, and I've got one person who's keen to play guitar, which is great. But uh, when it comes to drums, bass, other guitarists, it is kind of difficult. So I'm just taking my time because I don't just want to like just grab any any person who says yes. I want someone who I can get along with really closely. I think that's like really important to me because obviously this is uh, it's it's my baby, I suppose. Um, and especially like this this new music is the most personal stuff I have ever written in my entire life of mm. like any stuff I've ever done. And that says a lot um, personally for me. And I'm, it's almost like, that's the only thing I'm worried about releasing this album for is because it's just so personal. And uh, yeah, it's almost like, I hope some people don't read these lyrics, some specific people in a way. Yeah, but um, when, yeah, if I find someone, or find, if I find people who are, you know, ready to kind of push that energy live, then I'm a hundred percent in. But I think my objective at the moment is just to get as much exposure for the project as possible, get my music as far as possible, just make it a thing that's I kind of just work on it like a small business, really. Absolutely. Just, yeah. Just network, build up, have, and have fun. Of course, like I, I make this music because I freaking love making this music. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And that's the thing. So in a, in a hypothetical, in, the, in this scenario situation where you've got yourself a band, you're out on tour, you yeah. have to two bands to go on tour with as a dream three bill package, including yourselves. Who are you picking? To the Grave is one band yes amazing yes um yeah the reason for two of the grave is because they are yeah they're an insane band live they are Mm. so tight um dane is an amazing vocalist who just has so much charisma on stage and he's so talented as a vocalist and then you've got uh simon the drummer who i've known for quite a long time uh we actually in an old band of mine when we were younger we shared we shared a gig about 11 or 10 years ago in Manly. And so watching that band go from Manly Youth Center to playing gigs in Europe is mm-hmm. an incredible thing. So, and also there's the funniest dudes. That is the funniest yeah. freaking dudes. So I'd love to, I'd love to spend time in a bus with them. Um, and then maybe in terms of someone, so three bands you said or two bands? Three, three bands. So including three you bands. And two, other, two other bands. Yeah. Shit, man. That's a really tough one. Three bands. And the, I, the, I think the, the joy with it is, is, is your, it's your dream lineup. So people have gone, yeah, we'll have Slipknot open for us. Why not? Like, so <laughs> there, there's no like rules to it. That's, that's the dream thing about it. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Just on a small stage, like a small back line, nine guys on a, on a stage. Absolutely. That's, that's hilarious. I get, that's how they started, I suppose. But uh, yeah, funny. Um, I think stick to your guns would be super cool to hang out with. Um, I've spoken as part of my my job as a well not not job but a contribution for writing magazines i had the chance to interview jesse and he is a a wonderful person like just mm. such such a beautiful energy very political of course like he's he's so politically minded but at the same time he's got so much information and so much uh insight and so much real like life experience like the things that he's actually done so i think just being able to talk to him would be really cool um I think Body Snatcher, not like I've never met those guys, never don't know enough about them, but just watching them cause mayhem every night would be so cool. <laughs> well, I 
I, I think it's so funny because I saw them live uh, about a month or so ago in, um, where was it? Den Bosch. And they, he comes out, he's like, let's hurt some feelings. And it's created like this <laughs> insane slaughterhouse. And I thought that's beautiful. Um, and then OG Suicide Silence. So with, yeah. with Mitch, um, just would be incredible. He was, I would say, I, I, I've only ever seen Suicide Silence once and they played Same. my home, they played my hometown, tiny little club show. And it was, they were supporting As Are They Dying. And I'm pretty Damn. certain it was either Whitechapel or Job for a Cowboy opening. It was a fucking great night. And I'd happened, so Suicide Silence played, I went to the bar and he just stood there just at the bar. And I was like, <laughs> and I just sort of tapped on the shoulder. He had a pint in his hand and I completely charged myself at him, spilled beer all over him. And he was like, I was like, oh my God. And he was like, no, no, that's cool. I was like, and he was just the nicest fucking dude. So he had loads of time for his fans. So that was really cool. And he's so, sick vocalist. Oh man. I, yeah, I saw Mitch at Sweatfest 08. Um, mm-hmm. So that's when the, the two, two years after they released um, The Cleansing, they were playing all those things. And I was 14 something like that yeah. maybe even maybe even younger but i remember watching that being like oh my god mm. incredible like yeah playing destruction of a statue live i lost my shit i completely <laughs> i folded like a deck chair i was just all over the place um and that was also with parkway drive a day to remember confession mm. the acacia strain nice. it was that was easily one of the best gigs i've been to yeah. um with that being said i want to add one more band cabal they are so fucking cool. So oh, you know fucking what? cool. You know what? I've had Cabal on the show and they're the nicest I know. fucking dudes. The nicest fucking dudes. I, I've been speaking to Andreas and I can't say more as to why, but I think people will understand. But um, yeah, they are so cool. Magno and Territus is a, is, it's an, an insanely good album. Holy yeah, shit. It's absolutely. just, it's, it's, it's like if, a street fighter was wearing goth clothes. It's just, <laughs> I can't, yeah, it's so ferocious and it's feral. It's disgusting. But then there's symphonies behind. So it's really yeah. cool. It's just yeah. so, it's so amazing. And I love the album cover. That's what drew me into the the songs as well. Love the album cover. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like their, their riffs on that, the low end is like having a brick to the face. And I just Seriously. Really so good. seriously it is so good and his vocals are so it's like sandpaper it's just yeah. rough as guts yeah it, and if, if, if someone's, if someone's sorry it's right if someone's miraculously discovered this podcast and listened to this point that the vocals that sound like a sandpaper is a brilliant analogy for metal records it's <laughs> it's it's like i can i can almost feel what it's like it's mm. he reminds me a little bit of a band called the air i breathe it's got mm. that real gargly ferocity and it's like like in the back yeah and yeah, i just yeah, yeah i i don't know how he does it I, I think it would destroy me if i tried to mimic him so i don't that's yeah but uh yeah they they're an insane band so if, if they could be on the bill as well i'd be super happy absolutely it's a dream bill so we're, we're going with it um so another question i like to ask people is so you're part of what i call the school of 2023 so you're part of the 2023 batch so when and again, this is sarcasm, just for anyone listening who has never heard this podcast before. When I'm a big, famous, rich promoter, podcaster, all of these different things, and I can put on my own festival and I can invite <laughs> all the bands back to play, we're going to create the ultimate rider. 
Now, mm -hmm. I'd like to know what you would have on this ultimate race. You're allowed one thing. So to give you some context, you've got uh, white wine on there. You've got sushi on there. You've got bean bags, Xbox slash television. Um, I think it was, uh, I'm going to throw him under the bus again, every podcast. Adam from uh, Polar, I think said narcotics. Then told me I to love Adam. In. Yeah, he's such a dude. Um, I love but yeah. Adam. Uh, so what would you add to the to the rider? Narcotics. <laughs> That's such a kick. <laughs> it was so funny. He, went, I, he, was, he was like, oh, we should definitely add some weed. No, wait, can I say that? Fuck it, I've said it. I was like, <laughs> fair enough. That's okay. I think yeah. I think weed will do. Uh, yeah. As long as it's in the right country. Like, we're not we're not touring Norway then. You know, you know what happened to Snoop. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um that's a good one so are those like those things that you've said are they all the additions yeah. that previous yeah exactly by by the end of the year i'm going to spend yeah. the whole podcast just listing things off <laughs> okay so you've got yeah you've got xbox beanbag is a freaking good one yeah yeah, yeah. um Someone and i'll let yeah said good coffee was on there as well so yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah that's like one of my conditions for coming to live here. I said to my girlfriend, there's two conditions. I get to ride my mountain bike uh, in like lots of different places. And then we get to buy a coffee machine. That's at least a thousand dollars because I I'm not fucking around here. I'm not buying espresso yeah. machines. And she's like, okay, <laughs> fine. I was like, cool. Um, so yeah, coffee machine is definitely a go-to. Um, I could be, I could be cool and get an electric blanket because that way you can just get super cozy and you can watch movies together and just cuddle. Right. I think that'd be super cute. I think we, like yeah. just the idea of like metal vocalists and drummers and just cuddling, watching, I don't know, like Adventure Time or something makes me laugh. Right. It's also a nice thought. Or I'm also a rock climber. So if we could install some kind of like, um, they call it like a beast maker thing. It's like a wooden uh, climbing board, just like yep. bolt that into the freaking side of the bus and then just hang. And then yep. so you just like work on your grip strength. You can stretch out a little bit. I think that'd be super sick as well. That's probably the most ridiculous thing for a metal rider, but yeah. hey, whatever. You know what? You need to keep fit in this day and age. You need to keep on top of your game. So yeah, I'm having it. Yeah. That's going in 100%. It's good for drummers, good for guitarists, builds up finger strength. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. the bass, bass players are going to be giving it a miss because bass players just yeah. turn up from They're what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Do they turn um, up? Yeah, exactly. It's always it's always the thing when people go, who's like the most difficult in your band? The bassist. Oh, okay, it's just always the bassist. So funny. That's they so damn just, funny. They always just get the shit, bless them. <laughs> that is that is true. They are the punching bag. <laughs> so I don't want to take too much more of your time this morning because obviously you've been very gracious with your time. But I just want to know what is coming ahead for Sugar Spine. Obviously, we spoke about the LP mm. uh, that's in the works and things you're writing at the moment. What mm -hmm. What's ahead? What can people look forward to? Yeah, so definitely the LP. It's going to be, I think, like 10 songs or so. Um, there's going to be a couple singles released off that. Um, and there's finally finally going to be some actual music videos, which is really exciting. It's nothing. I've never done a music video before, just for anything. So I'm really excited to make that happen. And uh, I think every band says this, but, you know, I've put a lot of time and thought into what I actually want to portray. Um, so, yeah, that'll probably happen around March or April, I think. And uh, I guess after that, just a lot more presence on social media in terms of, you know, just whether it's vocal covers, performances, just interacting as well. Like I want to do more Instagram live. I want to, I want to speak to people. That's one of the reasons I love music is because I get to speak to so many people. Excuse me. Um, yeah. So I think the main thing is the album. So probably like halfway through the year is when that'll be the, be released, maybe July, something like that. And then apart from that, that's all I've got on my plate for this but honestly 
with what I'm doing, that's kind of enough for me. So I hope it's enough for everyone else. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Have to wait and, and see. And the final question I ask every guest is, mm-hmm. what is the best thing about being in a band? But for you, I'm going to say, what's the best thing about being a musician as you're a, a one man? Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. I mean, um, I, I guess answering as being in a band because I've been in a few bands oh, now. Yeah, um, I think playing live is just a beautiful exorcism. It's just a, it's just so nice being up on stage and entertaining people, creating energy, letting out your own energy. Um, and then talking to people afterwards and just, you know, hearing things, um, you know, like, Oh, that, that, that was really fun. I had a great time. It's like, cool. But as a musician making songs that people then reach out to you about and say, I feel the same way. And um hearing personal things that they have not been comfortable enough to talk to others about because they felt that they would not understand is a really gift. Uh, well, it's a gift essentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just having people reach out and say those things that they've really been holding close to their chest for so long, it kind of makes you feel like, okay, well I'm making this for myself, but to know that it has helped someone in some way is super, super cool. It's so rewarding. Amazing stuff. And there's a, there's a, um, a previous guest on the podcast, um, Stephen from the guitarist and frontman of a band called Lost Alone, said it brilliantly as well. Very similar to how you've just said, because mm. he, you can write a song in your bedroom and then have it sung in, you know, a foreign country where like loads of kids screaming back to you. Same yeah. difference, but yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, is there anything I've missed? Anything you want to mention at the end? I, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of extensively getting everything, but have I missed I, no, anything? No, this is this has been a fantastic chat. I really I really appreciated it, man. Um, I think we've yeah we've touched on a bunch of stuff, and uh, no, I, there's nothing else I need to add. I mean, the main thing is that you know, um, as we talked about genres and stuff, I think it's just so cool that people are you know not caring so much about what style of music they listen to and how it's perceived. I think um, as long as we keep doing that, as long as we like where's musicians or the music industry just realize that you know you can put you can put apples and oranges together Absolutely. it's going to create more it's going to create more community more accessibility and i'm just so i'm so excited to see metal just as the genre just keep exploding further and further as it is and you know you know the one thing i'm going to leave this podcast on sugar mm-hmm. spine is a brilliant brilliant concept being a one man thing because all i'm going to say is zelanada that was a one-man operation, you know, yeah. and look where he's got. So that's yep. all I'm saying. So everybody... city and color, like it's, Absolutely. it's all there. Yeah. Absolutely. The, yeah. The, the end goal would be like become a bear tooth, but that's, that's, uh, that's not exactly uh, a short-term goal. That's a very, 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 very long-term goal, but Hey, it's a goal. Absolutely. And that, that's the thing. It's the short-term goals that make the big goals. Count the pennies and the pounds to look after themselves as my nan used to say. So yeah. There we go. I like that a lot. Absolutely. Thank you. I'll keep that. Uh, you can have that for free. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> You're so um, gracious. <laughs> Josh from Sugar Spine, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Everybody go and check out uh, the Mirror Talk EP. Go and check out Throat, Throat Full of Ash. Go check out their socials. Give them loads of love. Um, tell them I sent you. And um, yeah, if you want to come on for a part two, you're more than welcome because we can chat. we can chat for fucking hours, I'm sure. Easy. Add just about the how good the cleansing is by suicide silence, and we'll just leave it. Oh, like that. Yeah, <laughs> we we could do a whole podcast just on the cleansing easily. Absolutely brilliant. Right, <laughs> as I say, when when the things come out, drop me a DM. I'll push it and everything else because, like I say, it's important to give give your friends and, and a prop up. Absolutely. 
Legendary. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. See you soon. All the best. Cheers, man. Peace.